This Week in Sport History. January 25th, 1960, Will Chamberlain scores 58 points, the most ever by an NBA rookie, as the Philadelphia Warriors defeat the Detroit Pistons 127-117 to at Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Almost more impressively, he would also tally 42 rebounds in the game, <laughs> at the time one below the rookie record set by Will Chamberlain, twice earlier in the same season. He would break that record again with 45 a couple of weeks later. In fact, of the top 20 rookie rebound games of all time, Chamberlain has 16 of them. Only Jerry Lucas, Maurice Stokes, and Bill Russell twice have actually entered the top 20. It's insane. There actually hasn't been a single 40 rebound game since 1969. No prize for guessing who that was as well. Will Chamberlain. Mm. He was so dominant on the boards that only Chamberlain, Russell, Lucas, and Nate Thurman have ever recorded a 40 rebound game. And Chamberlain has more than them combined. And in fact, the rest of NBA history combined, if you look at it. Yep, it's he a lot. He fucking averaged more than 22 rebounds a game for his entire career. Yeah, it's outrageous. Isn't it just? Chamberlain would repeat the scoring feat less than a month later on the 21st of February in a 129-122 win over the New York Knicks, who had 41 points, 10 assists, and six rebounds from six-time All-Star and Hall of Famer Richie Guerin. It's really funny, though, how overlooked Chamberlain is in the whole GOAT discussion. He really does seem to be, doesn't he? I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because there's those stories of him goaltending teammates' shots and stuff. Yeah, the, the lack, But, like, I'm sure of, he was blocking shots at the other end. So oh, Absolutely. There's the lack of team success. Yeah. A few other bits and well, pieces. He won the championship. We even had that season where he attempted to lead the league in assists, which is pretty weird. He too. wasn't that far off. I mean, yeah. Oscar Robertson obviously was a, beats, an assist yeah. machine at yes, the time. Yes, point guard as yeah. well, of course. Yeah, Guy Rogers as well. A lot of guys back in that era that were, were very good. Norm Van Leer, several others. Yeah, we've got, got hundreds of them. But uh, yeah, it's, it is crazy when you think about how the scoring stuff, I mean, no one's ever going to get to 100. Kobe got to 81 and was still a quarter away, basically, from breaking that. And the rebounding side of things, I mean, what we've had maybe a handful of guys have had 30 rebounds in the last oh, couple of decades. Anything over 20 is exceptional, really. And anything but... over 30 is like top of the oh, news yeah, run, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So to get 40... His teams aren't even getting 40 nowadays. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yep. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. One of the most dominant forces to ever live. No doubt. January 25th, 2003, Pro Bowl center Barrett Robbins goes missing just two days before Super Bowl 37, walking out of the team's hotel in San Diego and hitching a ride 20 miles across the border to Tijuana in Mexico, where he would drink and take drugs well into the next day. He was apparently that out of his mind that he thought the Raiders had actually won the Super Bowl. In fact, they hadn't. The Buccaneers destroyed them 48-21 with Robbins in hospital during rehab while the game was still on. Amazingly, it wasn't the first time Robbins went AWOL. Two years earlier, this time in the week leading up to the AFC Championship game against the Baltimore Ravens, Robbins went missing before turning up about 24 hours later. This incident went completely unreported. His story took a really sad turn after this, though. During the following season, he was found doing steroids and was let go by the Raiders never to play again. Unfortunately, he spiralled even worse once his pro career was over. On Christmas Eve 2004, he punched the security guard who was attempting to keep him from entering a bar at the Sir Francis Drake Hotel in San Francisco after hours and was arrested on misdemeanor battery, trespassing and public intoxication. Only three weeks later, he was shot three times in the lung and chest during a brawl with police officers at Miami Beach, which subsequently left him in a coma. When he came out of that some two months later, he pled guilty to five charges, including attempted murder. He somehow managed to only get five years of probation and was sent back to rehab. 
In 2010, he was pulled over near Dallas with crack cocaine in his car and was sentenced to five years in prison, for which he served just a year and a half. And it goes on. In 2016, he was arrested for felony battery in Boca Raton after punching a woman and her daughter. Ugh, that's not good. Not. Sending him to a mental health facility. Then in late 2020, after allegedly leaving a restaurant without paying, he was pursued on foot by a restaurant employee and he was said to have thrown a rock at the woman before being arrested. To this day, Robin says that he sleeps through Super Bowls because of the painful memories it brings up for him. A very sad story indeed. It is. He's actually doing okay from what I've read, though. He's just an incredibly shy, out-of-the-media sort of person now. He just wants to live his own life, not quite in solitary, but he kind of, yeah, stays away from yeah, the media. Fair which is, yeah. Yeah, Hopefully he's fair. staying away from the drugs too. Well, from all accounts he has. And January 30th, 1996, Magic Johnson comes out of a four-year retirement to help the LA Lakers to a 128-118 to win over the Golden State Warriors at the LA Forum. Johnson had 19 points, eight rebounds, and 10 assists in his return. Wow. Yeah, which it's is nuts. magnificent. Yeah, it really is. Four years away from the game. Yeah. That's incredible. Like riding a bike. Oh, yeah, well. Apparently. Yeah. Magic had previously retired on the 7th of November, 1991, after contracting the HIV virus and had played in the 1992 All-Star game after being voted in by the fans. Interestingly, a lot of players were against the idea. Former teammate AC Green noted that, quote, they don't normally let retired players play. Charles Barkley said that Magic should sit the game out because it detracted from a lot of other players who had had great starts to the season. And Carl Malone even said there was a risk of contamination if Magic suffered a wound while on the court. Magic would also make the Dream Team roster for the Barcelona Olympics as the Americans dominated. Then he kind of drifted into that retirement properly. Mm. He coached 16 games for the Lakers going 5-11 and 11 before he resigned. And then 1,540 days after his official retirement, Magic laced him up again. Basically, as a power forward this time, who could pass? Yeah, well, he was, I think they, they said he was 255 pounds. Yeah, yeah, heavy, I remember how big he was. The heaviest he'd been by a long way. But I also remember the passes he was throwing in the, yeah. in the top 10 plays on NBA action. Oh, amazing. So the Lakers went 29 and 11 the rest of the season, but Magic's comeback actually caused issues in the locker room. Cedric Sabalos felt like his role diminished and it upset the team's chemistry. And he even left the team without informing them for a number of days. It was weird. He sort of said to the team, oh, the reason I left was because I was having some sort of family issues. Just kind of wanted to go and get them sorted. But people saw him out at nightclubs. They saw him, I think it was jet skiing or water skiing or doing something on a lake. You've still got to notify the team, even if there were, even if it were true, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So obviously he didn't have that big an issue that he, you know, could give up the water skiing. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous. And then Nick Van Exel made it common knowledge that he wouldn't change his style of play because Magic was there. And that was the team's co-captains. Mm. Not great. No. Despite having home court advantage in their first round against the defending champions, Houston Rockets, the Lakers were pushed aside three games to one. The Lakers did pick up Kobe and Shaq the following season. They've done pretty well since. <laughs> I remember that Shaq off season. That wasn't too bad. Oh, wow. We couldn't believe it. Yeah. But that was a big offseason. That was when Dikembe went to the Hawks and there were a few moves that offseason. Oh, there would have been some big ones. Yeah, true. yeah. Now, if you look at the three players that we've just mentioned, Magic now has a net worth of around $700 million. He's doing all right for himself, co-owner of the LA Dodgers. Yeah, he's, <laughs> among other things. I think he's winning. <laughs> Sabalos left the Lakers after the following season before playing for 14 teams in 14 years and nearly dying of COVID a few weeks back, if you remember. 14? I don't remember that. Not all in the NBA. There were a few. Oh, I see. Ones. Okay, yeah. Because I remember he had a decent stint in Miami is probably his strongest. He also had an okay stint in Phoenix, of course, the blindfold dunk comp dunk 
That yeah. was that was the previous. Oh, time. that before yeah, the Lakers. That was, that was, ah, before, there that you was go. Uh, 92 in Orlando. Ah, there you go. There you go. Okay. He actually played for a team in the Indonesian basketball. Wow, league. really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a career. So yeah, he had a crazy little career. Nick Van Exel was an all-star with the Lakers in 1998, then played with Denver, Dallas, Golden State, Portland, and San Antonio before retiring in 2006, one year short of winning a championship with yes, the Spurs. Yes, He came in after they won it against Detroit and came out before they won it against Cleveland. Whoopsie-doodle. Oh, indeed, indeed. This Week in Sport History. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter, at Sport Blokes. 